what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have actually live in Alameda at uh, T Up's uh, old, old house back in the day, growing up in Alameda, California. T Up, are you there? Yo, what it do? JT Dub, we are here on site at my parents' house. Shout out to my parents. Orlando, Janet, what yeah. up? <laughs> <laughs> they're actually in, uh, they're just living their best life right now in uh, in Mexico, Cozumel. So uh, they are gracious enough for, to let their son stay at their house still. I guess they haven't changed the code to the to the garage, so they they, they really don't know you're here, right? Uh, <laughs> 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 no, they do. I'm just playing. All right. But, um, yeah. Hey, big weekend. Big weekend. So we are going to week eight. In the NFL, NFC West right here. Uh, for those that do check out the pod, I mean, I hope you do since you're checking this out right now. Uh, week seven, I know I've been a little bit weak on my podcast game. I was actually in Boston last weekend, and so I was there for a uh, business conference for, for real estate. A flight to Boston. Boston. Um, did not say... Actually, uh, you know, I didn't see Tom Brady, but the funny thing was at the conference they had, uh, I shit you not, they had the Patriots cheerleaders. Got, got a couple photos. Oh, what? Oh, sick. And then uh, downtown Boston, they actually have... a. I didn't really think it was a thing. Uh, TB12. Oh, yeah. They have TB12 sure. training. It's like a way of life. Yeah. Like, you know, they have apparel and and all that. It was it was kind of weird. Did you buy anything? Uh, I should have. I, I, I didn't. I, it was like passing by. Yeah. When in Rome. When in Rome. That's what you um, do, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, Tom Brady is from San Mateo, but uh, yeah. But the, most importantly, what are, we, what are we here for this weekend? Talking about the NFC West. What, no, what, what are we talking about? Oh, shoot. Come on. All right, all right guys. Come um, on. So the reason why we have a live podcast is because I picked up T-Up at the Oakland airport. We are slated to attend the Panthers-Niners game at Levi Stadium together. Let's go. So that should be fun. We're actually going to be there because uh, one of our good friends, James, it's his birthday. And so we are out here at Levi's on Sunday. Yep. Shout out to James Hung. Uh, little Dylan, Dylan. It's gonna be Dylan's first game. Dylan is um, is our friend James's uh, son. I believe he's, I think he's four or five years old. But so he, it's gonna be his first Niner game, and I remember he's gonna remember this that day for the rest of his life. It's and we're gonna be there to witness it. Like for better or for worse? Like like you're gonna remember it forever? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, well, I hope it's for better. I mean, it's not a Raiders um, game, so you should be should be, should be okay, <laughs> Ooh, right? Zing. Should be okay, right? <laughs> no, but no, it, it's all good. Uh, that's why we're here for a live pod, uh, Alameda, California. Right now, we're pretty close in the East Bay. Um, but you know, last week I was in Boston. Excuse myself from being a little bit more active in, in football. But let's talk a little bit briefly of what happened last week and go on to the week at hand for week eight. Um, obviously, week seven had happened. And right now you have the Niners 6-0 undefeated. The only other team that's undefeated would be, speaking of Boston, would be the New England Patriots at 6 or actually 7-0. 7-0. 7-0. 7-0, The Niners had a very ugly, defensive, wet, muddy game at Washington. It's the Redskins. They won 9-0. I think they, they dubbed it the mud, the mud Bowl, right? The Mud Bowl. The Mud Bowl. That, that one picture of uh, Mike Person will never... Uh, if you go on Twitter or whatever platform that you go on, if you look at that picture of Mike Person, he's just like... He has this big scruffy beard, just red hair, just looks like he came out of war. He looks like honestly like a Viking, but just covered in mud. It was just like one of those games. And that, that picture just kind of summed up the whole game for me. It was a pretty ugly game. I think the Redskins had... 
I kid you not, 150 yards of total offense. Uh, obviously, Niners held them scoreless. And it was capped off by a Nick Bosa sack. End of regulation, and then it was a slip and slide by the rest of the team. The very, very, very famous picture that I'm sure everyone sees. We see it on commercials. NFL uses it for promos. Just, oh, man. That was that picture just made me... that Actually, that whole scene just it made me feel good. It made me feel like, wow, the Niners are having fun. My boys are having fun. So check this out. Niners 6-0. First time since 1990, I believe. How old were you? Uh, I was I was three. You were three. I yeah. was four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you fucking. <laughs> it's been a it's been a bit, guys. And so that happened. Seahawks they're at five and two, but it's kind of a weird five and two. Um, it was at Seattle, and this is kind of a weird thing too because you know the twelves playing at Seattle. You know, in years past, they've had a really tough home front um, when they host their opponents, but. It was, uh, I mean, to be quite blunt, it was the Lamar Jackson show, mm-hmm. all right? It was a game where, you know, on fourth down, they went for it. They ran it with Lamar Jackson to really give the fuck you at Seattle for the score. Um, shoot, man. I mean, Seattle lost at Seattle 30-16. to 16. This was the first game where Russell Wilson, prior to this, had no interceptions. He had his first pick um, to DK Metcalf. Fumbled the ball. I don't know what the hell was going on. Uh, that was returned for a touchdown. And I don't know, man. Uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, you got to feel some sort of way because it wasn't just any opponent. Okay, there's a former secondary player from Texas, University of Texas, that was drafted by the Seahawks. Uh, free safety, Earl Thomas the third. Yes. And um, yeah, he had. Um, He's got to feel pretty good with that win, winning thirty to sixteen. Uh, Tia, what say you about that game? Uh, that was that was a great game. That was one of those just kind of grit, the grit and grind. You, every possession counts. Um, Lamar Jackson just being the young quarterback that he is, just making plays on his feet. I think he had over a hundred yards rushing. He had one rushing TD and. Um, Baltimore, I think Baltimore is that, that that team in the East where, or I'm sorry, in the AFC, they, they're better than what their record shows. And I know right now they're probably, what are they, 5-2, and two, I'm going to guess. Right around there. They lost to the Browns, which is kind of weird. Yeah, which is, yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of like, yeah, see, yeah. those are one of those games where it's kind of, yeah. But with Seattle, yeah, Russell Wilson, I mean, like, it just shows that he only could do so much where his defense actually needs to, create the turnover and create the play for to help with the help with their offense sure sure i I can get that um so for seahawks fans take it for what it is i mean still five and two still doing great Mm -hmm. in the nfc west oh yeah Uh, oh yeah it's just it's just really odd though you know because the the home field event at seattle used to be so good um, they dropped two already. The first right game one. And they lost to the Saints. They almost lost to the Bengals, mm-hmm. and then yeah, they they lost to the to the Ravens. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that 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 the, you know the twelves. I don't know. It's just I wouldn't contribute that much to the twelves, but it's just more their. It's just the defense because at home I feel the defense feeds off the off the crowd. Sure. And then they create those big those big boom turn, turnovers, and Seattle was. I don't know. They just don't have the defense that has that's capable of doing that at the moment. Especially their quarterbacks. I don't know. The quarterbacks? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did trade. We can talk about this in a bit. But they did trade for uh, a safety. Yes. Uh, what's his face? Um, Quandra Diggs. 
Quandra Diggs from the Lions. They traded a fifth round pick, um, which is a deal. He's, he's not bad uh, for Diggs and a seventh rounder. Um, I mean, check this out. He's probably uh, Trey. Um, actually, Marquise Blair. They've had a bunch of injuries in their secondary. Mm-hmm. So from what it looks like, he's probably going to be starting uh, this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good trade. Yeah, no, he's, he's he's not a bad player. He's the defensive captain for mm-hmm. the Lions. I think a lot of Lions fans and players alike were kind of taken aback when the trade happened, you know? Mm-hmm. It was kind of... So there was like the series of trades that happened. You know, first it went Jalen Ramsey, and then it went uh, Muhammad Sanu, and then it went Emmanuel Sanders, Niners, and then... Yep. And then you knew that Seattle was not going to go without making, you know, putting their foot on the ground. And their answer to that was Quandra Diggs. Not bad, not bad. I mean, Bradley McDougal, um, Trey Thompson, you know, like they, they have good players, but uh, I think it puts, it really solidifies that secondary. I, I like the move. You, th- you think that was the the move that they needed to 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 address? Um, you know, I don't think it was, you know, to be quite honest, uh, I think they need to address more so their pass rush and their cornerbacks. That's but, exactly what I was going to say. But, I mean, it's a good move. It's a good move. I don't, I'm not going to hate it. Yeah, it, it's a definite improvement to what they had before. Um, but I agree. I think, you know, the pass rush, it's just weird. You know, Jadavian Clowney, they, they stuck out their neck for him. You know, they really went out to go get him. Um, it seemed like at the time a really good move, and it still is. But he's not having such an impact as that we would expect i think you know just maybe give it a little bit more time new, new scheme even ziggy ansa teron reed he just came back off suspension just give it some time sure. to kind of simmer simmer down you know yeah uh, then you might see it but to your point we haven't seen it yet we haven't and we all know you know seahawks they they warm up come december yeah they come ready to play russ russell wilson he looks like he's already making a good uh, argument to you know for MVP yeah this oh, year definitely. I mean without a doubt the running game is still pretty stout um, the wide receivers I guess you know it, they're they're coming along Tyler Lockett that's that's your boy what's up yeah, yeah I know he's doing well um, but then you know they, they lost a tight end Disley which is which yeah. is a huge, huge another part. injury back to back years mm-hmm. on IR that's yeah that sucks that's hard Luke Wilson I mean Luke Wilson. Remember when he first came into the league and then yeah, we had sure. Vance McDonald and yeah, they both sure. came from Rice and we felt like we we had we had the sharp end of the stick. Short end. The short end of the stick when we got Vance McDonald mm-hmm. and Luke Wilson was like scoring all these TDs and all these receptions and now he just kind of took the back seat. So maybe he needs to step up because, um, you know, the tight ends have been very important in Seattle's past. We'll see. I mean, Jimmy Graham before that. Your, your tone makes it seem like they're a two and four team, but you know they're 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 five and two right now. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Don't, don't take anything away. I'm sorry, Seattle faithful. I don't don't take anything away from what I'm saying. Five and two is phenomenal. You know, I just like every team, including the Niners, including the Rams, including the Cardinals. There's there there's flaws in each of our teams that we need to improve on i'm just saying i'm just pointing it out sure sure and you know having said that let's go on to, to the next game that at hand so in third place the rams are four and three and they were off a three game skid you know uh they lost to the niners at la and so what they did you know speaking of trades they traded what two first rounders and then so, uh, and, and some change mm-hmm. to get jalen ramsey out of the jack you know from the jaguars 
They're shut down corner. They traded Marcus Peters away to Baltimore. Speaking of, by the way, Marcus Peters did have an interception yes, at he did. Seattle. Yes, he did. That All was right. nice. In stride, too. It, right. So Marcus Peters was traded uh, uh, for a fifth-round pick. And so out goes Marcus Peters. In comes Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey went up against Julio Jones. Julio Jones, I think he had, had about five, six catches. But all in all, if you look at that score, uh, it was Rams 37, Falcons 10. It was a defensive dominant type of game where I felt kind of bad for Matt Ryan because that offensive line went to shits. Aaron Donald, all of them, they ate. They feasted. 37 to 10. And that was a game where the Rams needed that. They were coming off a three-game losing streak. They needed this sort of win. And I'm, and I'm happy for them. Uh, it gives you a little bit more optimism moving forward. Four and three, you would think it would be okay. But you know what? They're, they're third place right now. You have the Niners at 6-0. and oh, the Seahawks at 5-2, and two, and they really, I won't say they gambled, but yeah, kind of. They gave up two first-rounders for Jalen Ramsey. Um, what say you about this game and just things moving forward for them? Um, Rams played phenomenal. It was a slow start. I thought I really thought Atlanta had a chance. Early, um, early, early, on. early, yeah, early, yeah. early. We all thought Atlanta had a chance, but Atlanta, they're just awful. Their defense is awful. The coaching is awful. Awful. Just awful. Um, th- there's really no bright points. I mean, Julio Jones, I feel sorry for the guy. He's just, and he just, you know, he's working, he's keeping his mouth shut. He's key, he's being very classy about it. The pro's pro, right? The pro's pro. Um, but, you know, in his mind, he's like, yo, I, I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Let's just be real. No, it's crazy because. Uh, and Matt Wright, I mean, he's not a bad quarterback. That's the problem. But it's just he has no protection. Um, but let's talk about NFC West. Let's talk about the Rams. Um, the Jalen Ramsey, you know, considering that he was just, what is it, several days into the playbook. Yeah. It looks like he defended very well against a top-tier wide receiver throughout the game. Um, I think he did have a few uh, trip-ups, but, I mean, that's a, no one plays perfect. Right, right. Um, Jared Goff, once again, slow start, but he got it going. Okay. He got okay. it going. Yeah. Gurley though, um, I have a, I still have my reservations about him. Um, I'm not quite sure that he's even close to seventy percent right now. I feel like I, I get the whole like load management thing from McVay, but if you're load managing, you would probably see consistency. But for for unfortunately for Gurley, the consistency that you're seeing is a lack of. So Gurley had eighteen <laughs> carries for forty one yards. Um, and the week prior, he didn't do well. He Henderson, Henderson the he rookie, had 11, ca- 11 carries for 31. I mean, yeah, they didn't run too well. But um, like I said, their, their defense kind of held it down. Uh, their offense, you know, they didn't, they didn't have to do much. No, they didn't. They didn't have to do much. It's just the defense. Um, I, mean, I want you to say just the defense, but I mean, yeah. They, yeah, I mean, they pretty much carried him through that game. Aaron Donald, did you see him pick up... Uh, Devontae uh, Freeman. Freeman, just like a little Gerber baby. Yeah, that was some shit. <laughs> that was some shit. That's pretty insulting, man. If your feet are off the ground and some grown ass man is carrying you, like, yeah, <laughs> I would throw the punch too. I don't blame him. All um, right. But, I mean, yeah. Rams, they needed that game though, because three in a row, that's, that's really tough, especially for, you know, Rams House. That really. That took a lot of me to say. Rams Nation. Rams House. That's right. Rams House. Um, they didn't want to see four in a row, and I didn't think they were going to do it in Atlanta. I mean, drop it. Yeah. Fourth one in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So. And then they're coming back. 
this week in London, which we'll talk about later. But those London games, those can be tricky. You never know. Okay. Okay. So last but not least, you have the Cardinals. But it's not like really like they're the least because even as a Cardinals fan, you're, you're feeling some kind of way. They are on a three-game winning streak, which is Ooh. the weirdest thing to say because <laughs> they started the season winless 0 Three and one, and then they strung along three straight wins. Uh, this was a t- honestly, if I did the pod last week, I would have said that hey, for a tough morning East Coast game, I wouldn't feel so good about this sort of matchup against Danny Dimes and the Giants. Uh, but it was an East Coast game at New York Giants. Are we allowed to call him Danny Dimes anymore? I don't think so. He he really stinks to bed. He's been poo poo lately. Yeah, he's been a he's been fumbling poo-poo. the ball quite a bit. So we'll just Daniel Jones. Okay. He's back to Daniel. Uh, uh, Daniel Jones. Okay, <laughs> so it, it was a matchup between you know <laughs> top picks, Kyler Murray, obviously you know in this class, Dan, Daniel Jones in the first round. Um, but yeah, it was it was raining. It was it was kind of ugly. David Johnson got hurt and it, it fucked up a lot of fantasy football players that had him. But 27 Cardinals, Giants, 21. Chase Edmonds had 26 carries for, hold on, let me, let me check this. 27 carries for 126 yards, three touchdowns, and it just made the Giants look silly. Their whole front seven was out of whack. Kyler Murray only had, he only went 14 for 21 for 104 passing yards. He didn't need to do much. They just ran it down their throat. I won't even say ran it down their throats. They did sweeps. They did um, a whole bunch of outside zone stuff. Um, they didn't need to do much, but they had enough big plays from Chase Edmonds where they came out with the win. And the, even the Cardinals, they're three wins, three losses, and one tie. Not too bad. Honestly, I think this is one one of the – even though the, the stats don't show for Kyler Murray, he only had 104 passing yards, but this was a very impressive win on the road. It, uh, that, that Trey Edmonds, is he a rookie? Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds? Uh, second year player. Second year player. Mid round, mid round pick. Um, I would say kind of along those lines of, um, you know, like the Devery Henderson of the Rams or, um, you know, like a, like a John Kelly, um, just oh. a north-south type, no, type of runner? Not north-south, no, like a, kind of like a scat back, like an okay. Alvin Kamara uh, type of guy, you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I apologize to Cardinals Nation, I did not watch this game, so I'm just trying to... Yeah, no, they did a lot of outside runs where, um, you know, the linemen were able to get a good seal and he just, he just, he just cut in, just made the cut, made a play. That first touchdown was evidenced by it, uh, shoot, he went unscathed, he looks really good. But then at the same time, too, it was raining. Uh, I know it's, it's tough to guard and all that, but no, he, shoot, he had three touchdowns, for Christ's sake. Are, so are we allowed to say on record now, NFC West is back on top in the dominance in the NFL? Uh, I think so. I think if you I look, would say so. There's, I, I wouldn't say any other division is even close to where we're at right now. The, you know, given that Cardinals are still under 500. Mm-hmm. They're working their way back up. In these last two games, they made a convincing argument that if we go up to any other AFC team, they could go up against a good... You know, it'll be a good game. I mean, given... Here's the thing. The, the Cardinals, they played the Giants. They played the Bengals. I mean, you know, they hasn't been the best of teams. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, true. But you get what I'm saying. The, the yeah. essence to my message. Yeah. I think if you were to do the, you know, the, you know, the ESPN power rankings, for example, yeah, the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Rams, they're right there in the top 15. 
Uh, the Niners may be top five, or they should be top five. Seahawks right there, top eights. And then, yeah, the Rams certainly top ten. Mm-hmm. All right? They're, they're right there. That's three out of the, you know, three out of the, the four NFC West teams right there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Things to consider, right? Things to consider. Kyler Murray, I'm happy for him. I, it feels like as the weeks progress, Cliff Kingsbury and that offense, including Kyler Murray, they are progressing to creating that chemistry and understanding where where we need to be, where the route trees need to be, the breaks, whatever you know. They're they're coming together, and given they are weaker end opponents, but. Um, it's exciting. Hey, Cardinal Nation, it looked really grim at the beginning of the season. I'm not going to lie. It looked like it was going to be a rough season. But these last two games, something to be happy about. Some optimism, right? So, definitely. So let's. Was go- it the Red Sea? Is that is that what they call themselves? Uh, be, be Red Sea Red. Yep. Yep. Be Red Sea Red. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and talk about this week eight matchups at hand. Let's do it. I can't believe it, though. So week eight, that's like officially like. We're at the halfway mark. The halfway mark. Slow, NFL, slow down. This is going by too fast. No, it, it's it's crazy, man. So like Jesus. Okay. So let, let's go with it. So you have, all right. T- talk about humble pie. So like the Cardinals, they're coming off a three-game win streak, but they go to Nolens, they go to the Big Easy, they go to the Dome, and uh, yeah, they're playing Teddy Bridgewater. I heard that you know Drew Brees is looking better. I think I don't think he's gonna play, but. Um, I heard he's certainly slated to return, um, but a really tough road game in the Big Easy, and you have, let's see the spread, the Saints are favored by 10, over under 48, I heard that Alvin Kamara isn't 100, 100, 100% either, um, but still, this is, this is going to be a pretty tough game right now for the Cardinals, I think that this is going to be very humbling for them, um, it's good to see that, you know, Patrick Peterson, that was another reason why they, why they won last yes. week is because the return to Patrick Peterson. Uh, he looked really strong in his, in his return. I think the biggest matchup is going to be him, Patrick Peterson versus Michael Thomas, obviously. Um, you know, what's to make about this offensive line for the Cardinals? Because the reason why the Saints have been 5-0 and outside of Drew Brees is because their front seven and their pass rush with Cameron Jordan, with Trey Hendrickson, with Sheldon Rankins, like their their front seven has been really stout, right? So how's that going to go for for Kyler Murray, especially on a tough road game? Um, what are your initial thoughts with this? Like I said, Saints are favored by ten at home, over under forty eight. Um, just like you said, I think this is going to be uh, definitely a slice of humble, humble pie for them. But I'm hoping for a good matchup. I mean, like these three wins, like I wouldn't, even though they're against some slouch like some slouch teams. It should bring the locker room together and understand that, like, we have what it takes to win against a professional football team, no matter who it is, right? All right. But then now they're going to be t- definitely tested. When they go to the Superdome, they're going to face a team who is only has one loss. Um, Alvin Kamara, their starting running back, is not healthy. Teddy Bridgewater, like, yeah, he's been doing his thing, but, like, against a good, actually, a formidable defense... Right, you know, let's uh, let's see. Hey, let's let's take a look. Ten points. Ten points. Ten points. Yeah. Let's. Uh, uh, I would definitely. Uh, I'll definitely take a look at that. And another thing to keep keep in mind too. I mean, for, for this Cardinals team as well. Um, you know, they didn't pass well last week. They ran them pretty well. Um, on the defensive side, their secondary is not that good. I know Patrick Peterson. You know, he's right there, but I'm sure 
the Saints are going to try to find ways to get the ball to their top guy, Michael Thomas, without Patrick Peterson. Uh, another thing that does concern me, though, is, uh, you know, their, their front seven. Given, I, I think for them, they only have one interception this season, right? So they only have one interception for the season. The way they get turnovers is through their edge guys. It's Terrell Suggs. It's Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, he's coming off a four-sack game against the Giants. I mean, um, it has to come from the edge. They have to get forced fumbles. They have to make something happen on the road game because their secondary just isn't good enough right now. It's just, it's just not. It's just not. And it could get out of hand, especially at New Orleans. And so, you know, I, I'd say that uh, the Saints – I think there's a reason why they're favored by 10 points. I think it's going to be really tough for this young Cardinals team. But, you know. It would be a good test. It would be a good test. If Chandler Jones and Terrell Suggs can make something kind of funky. And, um, you know, I know that the— Just the, put pressure on Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Teddy no. Two Gloves. Give, give, give that defense a chance, you know. Make Teddy Bridgewater feel some kind of way. It's good to know that Kamara isn't 110% right now. If Patrick Peterson can do his thing against Michael Thomas— I would have some optimism for this game, mm-hmm. honestly. Honestly. So, I mean, uh, any other final thoughts going into this before we make the prediction for this game? Uh, I just hope I, I hope Arizona, they keep it close. I think their offense is definitely – Arizona's offense is going to put New Orleans defense to the test. Really? Okay. So, yeah, I, I think so. And Kyler Murray, he's going he's gonna to use his legs a lot this game. Uh, my prediction – over-unders 48. Yep. I think I think New Orleans is going to still pull out the win, but it's going to be a kind of a high-scoring game. Uh, let's go... Let's go 30... Let's go 36 to 24. Yeah, that's a high game. Yeah. yeah not bad. I no. think they're going to score. Okay. I definitely think New Orleans is going to score, especially at home, and I think... Arizona is going to put up some points, but, you know, they're just going to fall short. Okay. Okay. Uh, conversely, on my end, I think it's going to be a little bit um, – I don't know. I think it's going to be a little bit more tighter tighter to the vest. Uh, give me the Saints 28. Give me the Cardinals 17. I think that it's going to be kind of – it's going to be a running game. It will be kind of rough at, at first. Um, but I think eventually New Orleans will do their thing. They're going to make – Kyler Murray run for his money and force a couple turnovers. So 28-17, that, that's on my end. All right. Okay. Lock it in. Put it on the board. <laughs> Next. Bing! Next at hand. Okay. Uh, let's go for another, uh, I won't say easy game, but the Rams are going to London. They're going to London, okay? Cheerio. Uh, okay. Uh, they're going to London. They're playing the Bengals. Yeah, they're playing the Bengals. The Bengals are winless so far. They are 0-7. They're 0-7. Uh, they had a chance against the Seahawks. They didn't win. Are they are they visibly tanking right now? Would you uh, say? I don't know. Or are they are they actually like trying? Because well, you know, if they, if they really want I would to, say Miami and Cincinnati, they're about even of like the Tankapalooza. If they know? really like, wanted to tank, they should have traded AJ Green, I'm just saying to the Niners or some other team, right? It, well, they still haven't they they still have time. Okay, they still so have time. The Bengals are winless at 0-7. Rams are 4-3. and They need to keep churning along, being these shitty teams like the Falcons and the Bengals. But, I mean, mind you, it's at London. The Rams are favored by 13, over under 48.5. It's not really a home game for the Rams by any m- m- measure. Um, 
So it could be kind of trappy, but I don't really see otherwise. Yeah. I don't really have much to say about this game. I think <laughs> I think the Rams do what they're supposed to do, and you know. Okay, let's 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 do this. Over under, early, eighty five yards. I think he can go over for this game. I'm over over rushing, not all not all offense. Rushing, all right. So right now, this um, you're gonna go over on the eighty five, huh? Yeah, I think that at this point right now, this would be a good. This would be a good, like, hey, you know, I'm still here in the mix type of game, you know? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I would... I, I'm going to I'm gonna take the under on this one. Mm. I just... I'm, I'm still sticking to my guns by saying Gurley is not... He's not healthy. And he's... In, there's something going on where Rams are keeping it under under wraps. Gurley's keeping it under wraps. They're, he's doing all the apparent load management. Sure. For a, for an obvious reason that they don't want to disclose, I just don't see him getting one of those big games that he was really well known for last year. I mean, season. over eighty five, like it could be ninety. I don't, I don't know. Sure, that's yeah, sure. Th- that's still an over. But I'm just I'm just saying, there's just he'll have his games every now and then, and this is a perfect game for him to go hundred plus. Sure, right? Yeah. But it's in London. A lot of weird shit happens in London. Gurley, I just. I really don't know if he's the same girly that we're all used to seeing. You know, they, they got Malcolm Brown and, and Henderson. He did really well last week. Yeah. So I I really don't know what's happening over there. Sean McVay, if you want to share it, if you want to tweet it, slide in the DM, let us know. We'll, we won't tell anyone else. We promise. Just I don't know what's going on. And I'm sure Rams Rams fans, they want to know what's going on, too. Okay. It's a real it's, it's 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 there's something there's something going on. TF, all right. They're 13 point favorites, not necessarily because of the offense, too. It's because that defense, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, like Dante Fowler, they're, they'll be fine, man. Mm-hmm. This Bengals uh, offensive line, Cordy Glenn, he's not even fly, He's hurt. He's, he's not even flying to London. Their offensive line, their offensive tackles have been hurt all year. Andy Dalton has been, well, yeah, he's been like a poor man's version of his former self, which is really bad, by the way. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I just, I think they'll be fine. They're going to be completely fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone said that they're not going to be. Okay, it was just more for shits <laughs> and giggles on the whole girly thing? Yeah. Okay. That's All just right. for conversation. All right. I think this is, you know, after losing three straights, playing the Falcons, this is, now they're playing the Bengals. This is kind of like the the thing they need to get their swag back, you know, slowly getting back to essentially. Yeah. If they do this, they'll be... You know they'll be five and three. They'll be right in the hunt. Um, the Seahawks are playing. Uh, they're playing Atlanta. I mean, yeah, you know, it's just they'll be right in the hunt. They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, any, any, any other comments to this game? I, I'm sorry, I'm shooting blanks right now. What's, There's nothing that's really concerning me. What, what's about the over this game. under on this? So it is uh, Rams thirteen over under forty eight and a half. So that's pretty oh, it's, typical. It's, it's, it, okay. Pretty typical, you know. I think this is they're just gonna blow him out. I think it's gonna be something along the lines of like forty-two to like I don't even know the Bengals score. Forty-two to like ten. Okay. I, I they're just gonna blow him out. I don't I don't see any possibility unless H. H. Green just magically becomes activated, which is not gonna happen. I just don't see it happening. All right, uh, give me the Rams. Um 
Give me the Rams 27. Give me the, the Bengals 13. I, I 27 is super low. Come I, on. You know he's, they're going to score. I'll get on the conservative side. Yeah, 27-13. I, I don't know. I, I'm giving the, the whole London factor to that they might, you know, fuck around and, yeah. you know, ha- have some shit happen. Um, I'm happy this game is, like, in London because, like, it's on at 9 a.m. You just wake up, mm. turn on the TV. You're just kind of watching it in bed. Yeah. And then by the time the Monday, the 10 a.m. games start, like, you could just turn off this game because we already know the outcome. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Um, we're not really worried about this game, guys. Rams Congrats. Nation. Let's go. It's a Ramley. Rams House. Rams House. Rams House. Okay, let's go to another game that's... Um, I- I'm going to be honest with you, Tia. Uh, these games right now aren't really exciting to talk about. Okay. Okay. So, the Seahawks... All right, second place, five and two. Okay. Speaking about how bad we were talking about the Falcons, right? So the Falcons are hosting the Seahawks. Oh god. Okay. The Seahawks are coming off a really shitty, like a really shitty loss to the Ravens, thirty to sixteen. So they go to Atlanta. I mean, it is a road game. Okay. So the Seahawks are favored by seven. Higher scoring game projected, fifty-two and a half. Um, you know, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan. Uh, the Falcons just traded Mohamed Sanu to the Patriots for a second-round pick, but they still have Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. Um, I don't know. Uh, what's your take on this game? It's anticipating to be a higher-scoring higher, higher scoring game, obviously at the 52-and-a-half. Seahawks are favored by seven. But they're like you said before, their defense hasn't really been there either. Do you think this is the game where it's Jadavion Clowney and Ziggy Ansah where they just feast on that Ryan? You, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think this. I think seven is pretty low for this game. I think it should be a lot higher. Yeah. I think it should be somewhere more around the New Orleans line with the ten ish. Okay. That sounds about right. But I mean, this is. But given the Saints are at home. Exa- yeah. This one is Atlanta is at home, so I guess they're giving them that that home field three points, yeah, right? Three. Yeah. So then that gives them that's the ten right there. But I mean, what's I don't know what to say about this game. Russell Wilson, you know, I think Seahawks are just going to trounce over Atlanta. Once again, Atlanta's just going to be embarrassed by their, you know, they're going to embarrass their, their team in front of their dedicated fans and on their beautiful field. And yet just, just, just a piece of shit. Just caca. <laughs> What's wrong? Arthur plays a really nice owner. He's a good guy, man. That's what I said. That's what I mean. Like, beautiful field. Have you seen that stadium with the yeah, scoreboard? I know. It, it's a really good field. retractable field, field and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. The roof. Why are you mocking them? Because <laughs> they suck. We were just talking about this. Levi Stadium and, and the new San Francisco mm-hmm. stadium. Like, why isn't it? Why, why aren't the fans too loud? Look at the fucking field. Look at the score. This is why we're not loud. All right, well. All right. Um... Oh god! Atlanta, they had their chance to to make their name in the NFL, but they fell short on numerous occasions. So I feel bad for Julio Jones. He's on my fantasy team, and I really need him to he's produce. A, he's on your fantasy team, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah, and Devontae Freeman. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh, that's god. great. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but oh man, it's just it's tough to watch him because Matt Ryan, he's not a terrible quarterback. Uh, Julio Jones is obviously a tier one wide receiver. Devontae Freeman, you could you know he competes with. The tier two running backs, I guess, but it's just their defense and the offensive line is just, just like, just makes you want to just. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I will I will say this in, in defense of the Falcons. I don't know why I'm defending the Falcons because we cover the NFC West. But hear me out. I mean, the Seahawks, they, they are 5-2, and two, but, you know, there's easily give and take three games where they could have lost. You know, some mm-hmm. really close games. They almost lost to the Bengals 21-20. to 20. Um, They almost lost to the Steelers. Uh, I forget the score for, for that game. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's... What I'm trying to say is a lot of times the Seahawks do play down to their competition. You know, the way that they play, they, they grind it out, um, they run the ball. They run the ball a ton, obviously, um, where I feel that they will keep Atlanta in the game. And let's just say for the whole Matt Ryan to Julio Jones connection, it wouldn't phase me if Julio Jones had, had a good day. Because here's the thing. I mean, the reason why they traded for Conjure Diggs is because, you know, that secondary hasn't been all that either. Julio Jones is certainly capable of making a big play, and you know, like I said, for for the Seahawks, like they tend to it can be underwhelming at times. Let's just say that they'll they'll win games, they'll grind it out, but they can be underwhelming. You know, um, hardly do I see them really blow out teams, and you know, on the road. I'm just saying, I think it might be a closer game than what you're kind of describing this. Let's just say that. So you think, oh, so you think Atlanta's going to be close? Oh. Okay, well, all right. So circle around. Any, any other final thoughts before <laughs> we get to the predictions of this game? Uh, no. I mean, I want to see Seattle, the running game, just dominate all over Atlanta. That would be nice. Chris Carson, yeah? Yeah. I'm a fan. Um, Julio Jones, score me some fancy points. Other than that, no, not really. That was the worst analysis ever. You just, oh, I hope they run well, and then Julio Jones gave me some fantasy points. Just all right, all right, yeah, so, yeah, all, right, so all right, so so what's the prediction for the score? All right, uh, let's all right, go. so when, so like I said, Seattle seven over under fifty two and a half. What, what's your team? Oh, so, so high po- this is, We're going, we're going high on this. Well, I mean that's what Vegas is saying. Yeah, so well, I think it's going to be. Let's go Seahawks. Let's go Seahawks thirty five, Atlanta. 28. 20, no, that seems high. Let's go 26. Okay. I'll be... Uh, give me Seahawks 27. Give me Atlanta 24. Why, you choose no teams that go over... You, you don't think anyone could score over 30 I, I points? Just, this is the way I see it this week. I don't know. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> right? That's how I see it. Uh, All right? Live pods. You gotta love them. No, I mean, sometimes they're high, sometimes they're low. I, I think this is just... <laughs> This is what I think. Okay, okay you? E, your opinions are your own. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, having said that, uh, let's go to the last matchup in the NFC West. Uh, a team that you might know. A, a game that we might be attending. Uh, a game that might be in Santa Clara. A game a that te- might. A team that might be undefeated. If your team is not 6 0, I can't relate. Who may that be? Niners. Okay. Ooh. So, um, sorry, <laughs> biased. <laughs> sorry, it's this edit. <laughs> no, we're not editing. We're gonna, we're gonna go. Okay. An obvious bias. By the by, way, by that's a, that's an inside joke. Um, we're not biased, as you can tell. We are. We try to keep a level head throughout this whole podcast. Justin, I want to ask you a question. What's up? Have you ever wanted to edge in betting going into the, you know, going into the season? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know. Well, you're in luck. I think you should check out the spread. It's a gambling-centric podcast focused on stats-based picks and predictions. Against the spread to give insight into the best picks of the week. Maybe I'll check it out. How about you? 
Uh, yeah, it sounds good to me. Yeah. Hey, check out our guys at the spread. Their handle is at spread show. They are on Twitter. Hit them up. Follow them for all the best picks. Right on. That's why we saved the best for last. <laughs> so the Carolina Panthers, by the way, they're they're like four and two. Coming off a bye. Coming off a bye, well rested. Niners six and zero. Coming off a really sh- ugly game at, at Washington. And so, yeah, the Niners have the chance to be 7-0. and um, I think that, you know, for them, when you look at their schedule, it's been about... And you can make the same case for the Patriots, but, you know, they've had a pretty... You know, all things considered, they've had a pretty easy schedule in terms of the opponents. The Steelers are the Steelers that you had imagined earlier in the season. The Browns aren't the Browns that they were supposed to be, given all the preseason hype. Um, but, so I think that this game should be very intriguing... Because the Panthers are four and two, they don't have Cam Newton, but you know, with uh, Kyle Allen, they've been undefeated. They've been doing pretty damn well with him. Um, so it does make you think, though. The Niners are favored by six over under forty one and a half. It's going to be an afternoon game. We'll be attending, uh, but a couple of variables that come out to me. You know, the first one being is CMC from Stanford, Christian McCaffrey. Against Quan Alexander and those linebackers in coverage, uh, obviously that's going to be a big point of emphasis. Uh, another thing for me is, you know, this, this Panthers front seven, they're pretty damn good, man. They're a really good front seven, man. Luke Keekley, um, all of them, like just their defensive line is, is pretty up to par, man. And I think thus far we've been using these, these backup offensive linemen, these tackles, it's been able to work, but I mean, this is a pretty good front seven. And then the last thing, you know, speaking about Luke Keekley, you know, if Luke Keekley is able to do his thing, which he's totally capable of in containing George Kittle, that is a lot of pressure to put on the receivers. Now, another point of emphasis is Emmanuel Sanders. We just, I'm sorry, the Niners just traded for him. Yeah, we, did we even talk about? We haven't even talked about that yet. Not even talked about. It. We'll get to it. Like, uh, okay. let, let me just let me just okay. you know, just the tip. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> third four, third fourth round pick for Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth round pick. And so let's just say that Keekly, you know, completely contains George Kittle. So that means like, the game is really going to have to be on the receivers. But you haven't seen that yet, though, from the receivers. You really haven't seen Jimmy G for that matter. And uh, you know, for this run game, it's been great thus far. But this Panthers defense is a very good front seven. Right now, the, the Niners are favored by six, six and a half, over 41 and a half. But I feel that this is going to be a very tough matchup. Being at home, be damned, it's a good matchup for them. Good matchup for, I'm sorry, can you please clarify, for Carolina. Good matchup for Carolina, yeah. yeah. They're well-rested. Of course. The Niners are kind of on their high horse. The Niners, they only, like I said... They won 9-0 against the Redskins. They didn't dominate them per se. You could, you know, put that on the weather, the field, and all that. But I don't know, man. That's a good opportunity. That's a good opportunity if you're the Panthers, right? I'm sure Christian McCaffrey would love, love to have a homecoming of, you know, what we've seen him in the past. I can certainly see that as well. Mm. Kind of get underneath these guys. And that's why I'm really concerned about Quan Alexander and these guys in open space. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So For sure. I mean, CMC, he's coming off of a, just a stellar first six weeks of the season. I'm really happy to see where he's at. Um, Kyle Allen, he has a hot hand right now. 
Obviously, Riverboat Ron, he doesn't want to give the, the ball to Cam yet, which is totally understandable because if I was in his position, I'll probably do the, right, the same thing. Um, what I'm curious to see is Niners are known for, you know, they get off to a slow start and then they just, the, our opponents just run it time after time after time after time. Redskins, they ran it, what, 10 in a row? The previous game, Rams, they, they ran it, you know, eight to ten times in a row. Sure. And, you know, they gained that major that major advantage from the beginning. And especially going back to the Rams game, I mean, like, they that first drive, they just they, they gave it to the Niners, and it was all, like, the run game pretty much. So with CMC being the, the stud runner that he is, and I just want to see how Carolina attacks him at first. And obviously, I'm not a big believer on, like, the coin toss. Like, if you defer, you know, kick it off, whatever it is. Okay. But whoever has first position, possession, and if it's the Niners who ends up losing the toss and they, they receive first, I want them to come out just banging. Just come out, get some points, and then let your trust your defense, and then just just go, just roll with that. I mean, here's the thing, too, um, that does make me worrisome. Let's just say CMC does... Get the field problems. And it opens up, you know, their receivers between DJ Moore, um, they have a lot of speed. Greg Olson, you know, he's just as reliable as a receiver down the middle. They have a lot of good options. They, they not, not Julio Jones, not, you know, some of these, like, tier guys, but they're, they're, they're certainly capable of. They have a lot of players that are, um, they can press them over the top, let's just say that. They can make it interesting because, I mean, for the Snyder secondary, they, they haven't really been tested yet. No, they I haven't. Mean, I mean, yeah, let's just, let's just be real. I mean, come back. Let's look at our opponents. Obviously, none of our opponents are over 500 at the moment. Yeah. Um, other than the Rams. No, Rams are 500 right now. No, they're 4 and 3. Well, it's just, well, just okay. Two, well, they're okay. over 500. Um, but yeah, to your point, we hit, our secondary hasn't been tested. The game has never been on Jimmy's back where he needs to pass. We never had to come, you know, play from behind. They're still kind of waiting on that, actually. Yeah. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but they haven't really had a need to call Jimmy's number, which is 10-1-0. Yeah, you know? but, you know, I, I don't see it being this game where, you know, it has to come to Jimmy. Maybe during the divisional, ma- divisional matchup, but not this game. Okay, so let me ask you this, too. So I, I, was, I was conveying, like, a, let's just say... Keegley takes out Kittle, right? So you have the receivers. Uh, let's talk about this trade. So Emmanuel Sanders from the Broncos, 32 years old, coming off an Achilles injury. But mind you, despite all that, he's got about 30 receptions for 350 yards and two touchdowns. That by far outpaces all the Niners receivers right now, right? So he comes back in Ninerland. This is his first game. He's still trying to learn the playbook. I mean, well, for one, let me ask you, Tia, what do you think of the trade? The second thing is what do you expect for him? In his first game as as a Niner. Number one, I fucking love the trade. Mm. This is great. Um, I'm not going to lie, okay, to all our listeners, I was on the AJ Green train, like, really hard. Like, I really wanted him. But looking at the outlook, he is one year older, Emmanuel Sanders is, than AJ Green is. However, wait, before I go to however, oh, he's, uh, coming, he's coming off a significant injury. Okay. But this, this year, he is... Performing, he has you know almost 400 yards of receiving. Yep. Granted, he's been only on Denver, and it's been Joe Flacco, which has been subpar. I think in this system, especially Kyle Shanahan, he will thrive. I think this is a good pickup for the Niners. 
I think this will shows that the Niners are fully invested into the season. They believe that they can make a run towards the, towards the championship, um, and they're not taking this lightly. So, I I approve of the trade. I think the compensation was reasonable. The three and the four for Sanders and a five plus and a five. Yeah, and if Sanders decides to leave, we get a comp pickup, which would be turned into the third round pick, which is, you know. That is, it kind of evens it out. If sure. You, you know? Sure. End of the day. And there's no there's no strings attached to this one. So it's like, if it doesn't work out, he could walk and we get compensated. If it does work out, we'll resign him. And then, hey, we have a good wide receiver. Let's pick up another one next season. But looking at this from perspective, 2020 directly in front of us, I like it. I think this 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 puts us into the conversation of we can make a deep run into in, in December. Okay, so week eight against the Panthers, does he make a difference? Limited playbook for him. He, I mean, he doesn't know everything right now. I mean, what's what, what say you for that? I think um, so. The the wide receiver coach at in Denver was last year's 49ers quarterback coach. That's correct. Offensive coordinator right now was last year's quarterback coach for the Niners. So the language, yeah. The language is very similar. Um, Concepts think, is similar. I think the language is a little different. Yeah, language is a little different, but then the the route trees, the breaks, yeah. all that is all the same. It's just he needs to get down the language, and I think that that's not gonna it's it's gonna be a plug and play type of thing for him. Okay. Um, I expect Shanahan to play him a lot this weekend. That's why they acquired him on a Tuesday early to try to 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 get him into the house. This is the playbook, and you need to study for the rest of the week. Um, I expect them to play a lot. I expect them to have at least five receptions this game. It's quite a... All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, let me... I, I have the floor. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's just drink beer. Yeah. He has... Um, he's going to have five receptions, and I think he's going to be significant into the into our def, uh, our offense. For this game specifically, but moving forward, most definitely. Okay. Okay. What are uh, your thoughts on this, JT Dub? Uh, to your point, I mean, I think certainly Sanders is capable of getting a touchdown. Uh, maybe not as you know featured, given that it's his first week, but I think he will have a prominent role. Talk about that the back shoulder fade though. When's the last time that we've seen? The back shoulder fade. Honestly, the last time I saw a back shoulder fade in general for Niners was... Prior to Jalen Hurd. I was going to say, yeah, shit, preseason, Jalen Hurd, when he had two touchdowns. Yeah, that, that was about it. Or even when you really want to go past that, you can do like Michael Crabtree, like he gets... No, we're not going to go there. Yeah, so I really haven't I really haven't seen that, so I'll leave it at that. Um, but I guess in, we've been talking about, you know, some of the... Things that are not certain with this matchup. The one thing that I do know about this Niners-Panthers matchup is, and Tia, you you pointed out to me, per pro football focus, if you look at the rankings between offensive line on the Panthers, defensive line, the pass rush on the Niners. Huge deficiency. Huge. Huge. Um, I would say 20-point swing at least. It's crazy because if you look at Eric Armstead, he's like at a, I think he's like 88-90. Bosa's right there. Uh, they're all in their high 80s, 90s. Like they're Solomon Thomas is like 88. They're gunning right now. And then if you compare that to the Panthers' offensive line with Mota and uh, all those and all those guys right now, they're like in the 70s right now. Um, you know, it could be 
I mean, it's always e- so easy to say at this point, but, you know, the Niners could just do their bread and butter, which is just, you know what? Rush the quarterback. Rush the quarterback, make it interesting. You know, you can do all these dump offs to, to CMC and all that. Um, that's okay, because if you do these quick dump offs, I'm pretty confident when Fred Warner and Quan Alexander to, to clean up, right? That's fine. I'm more concerned if you have a little bit more time, but if you do these dump offs, that, that's no big deal. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that the Niners will scheme to obviously expect CMC to get yards after the catch. And, and make a play after that. But, you know, you're going to need a little bit more, um, you know, for this Niners defense to really get flustered by it. So the really, you know, the thing that worries me is if CMC really gets into the middle of the field, the second level, and that worries the defense, and that means the secondary has to play back, and then the secondary has to worry about the speed and all that. That's what I'd be worried about. Um, but if this Niners front seven can be the front seven that I know, then, yeah, I think that it would fall right into the nice game plan. It would fall perfectly right there, you know? To go off of that, what you said, game plan, what is the Niners' keys to the game? Keys to the game? Uh, I mean, if... Obviously, stop CMC, right? Slow slow down the run? Slow down the run, rush the passer. It's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same damn thing. It's going to be a strong run game. But if that doesn't work... Uh, yeah, I think that's why they have Emmanuel Sanders because they are worrisome because this is a much tougher front seven from the Panthers than the other opponents. And so... Uh, 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 Eman Sanders, I don't think they picked him up just for this game. This is for bigger picture. Sure, it's for the bigger picture, but you know they, they would like to have him in the mix for this. Um, I think that they made a special effort to get him in this game is because they feel that um, they're going to use their wide receivers way more than maybe the, the previous matchups. I'm just saying, you know, so that's what kind of makes me believe that centers will play a, a role because the Keekly is a great linebacker. And I'm not saying Kittles is going to get shut down, but I think it's going to be a very tough matchup. Mm-hmm. If you take out Kittles and let's say that the front seven does a great job in the run game, it's going to go on the receivers. That's all I'm saying, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, any final thoughts? Let's, let's go to the to the prediction right now. Um, let's just jump straight into it. Let's do it. All right, tee up. Go first, ladies first. Um, <laughs> we're gonna be at this game. I want to see a high scoring game. I want to see a lot of touchdowns. I want to see a lot of turnovers. I don't know if the, a lot of turnovers is gonna happen because Carolina they could hang on to the ball. I'm gonna go San Francisco. I think they're gonna put up some points. Let's do this. Let's go. San Francisco, 31. 31. Carolina, 20. Uh, 23. I think it's 23. Right, whatever, man. That's your prediction. This is, <laughs> I'm not gonna... These are my predictions. Okay. Uh, I told you this earlier anyway, so it's not going to be even that hard to write. Um, I guess this week I'm conservative. So not, give me the Niners, 28. Give me the Panthers, 24. I think it's going to be a very tight, tightly contested matchup. And that, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, um, I think that the Panthers do match up very well against the run game. I think that they're going to do a great job defending Kittle. I think that you're going to need a little bit more Jimmy G in the final stretches. It wouldn't phase me, actually. I say 28-24 to 24 final score. But it wouldn't phase me if the Niners were down late in the second half. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's just say they're, they're, they're down, like, 21-24. to 24. You know, where they do have to make a play. 
that's why I'm saying 28 to 24, where it, it does get kind of close, where they're going to need a little bit more out of their passing game. And that's okay with me, too, because, you know, eventually it's going to have to happen. I feel that this Carolina team, you know, while you might have your um, hesitations about Kyle Allen and a couple other things on their offensive side, but they're a very well-balanced team where, yeah, man, we're going to need a little bit more out of Jimmy G, and that's why I see 28-24 where they come out up top. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're cruising throughout all four quarters. That's all I'm saying, you know. Let's go. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, and for all our listeners, we are going to be in attendance for that game. It should be fun. Come find us. Uh, what section are we sitting in? I was going to ask you. Section 133. Come find us. I think um, shout out to Seattle Faithful. I think um, we're going to meet up with uh, some of the faithful from Seattle over there. Um, if you meet up with us, we'll be at 133. Let's uh, Let's grab a... A beverage or two. Yes. And let's do it. Let's let's watch a good game. If you're out there, um, shout out shout us out through the Twitter, DM us. I don't. Whatever it let's is. Let's just have a great time out. So hey, uh, to all our listeners, thank you for following the pod. Obviously, continue to follow us on the pod, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, but obviously, you know, we're on we're on Twitter as well, at Just the West, Instagram, at Just the West, and of course the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, Just the West, tee up, we out here. We out. Peace.